Welcome to Queer Perth with Oddie and Clint shining a light on LGBTQIA plus community groups, events and what's happening in Burlu. We're proudly recording on the lands of the Wujak Noongar people and we pay our respect to elders past, present and emerging. Coming up this episode, Oddie and I catch up on what we've been up to. We talk about Rebel Wilson's coming out and talk about our own experiences. Our guest this episode is Adrian from Vic Park Pride and we talk to him about the upcoming Bandance and we answer your community question about ways to improve diversity and inclusion in school. Hello and welcome to episode seven. Clint, how are you going? I'm good. I'm good. How have you been? Pretty good. What has been happening in the last few weeks since we recorded last? Well, I believe um, at the point of this recording, uh, the night before, I saw you at the Rams' fourth birthday. Mm Mm-hmm. Salivating over some go-go boys. (laughs) You and everybody else, it seems. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yes, we were. Um, yeah, that was my first uh, Rams variety show event thingamabobby. Um, it was great. It was full of lots of things to see. Yeah, it, um, was, it was brilliant. Yeah. Lots of mingling, getting to chat to a few of the players. And this was uh, the Rams' fourth birthday. Yeah. Uh, so big shout out. Congratulations, Rams. You, uh, I think Coogan Morrison hosted it and was talking through some of the achievements that they've done in the last few years. And it's incredible. And it just seems like they're going from strength to strength. So keep up the great work. Uh, they're actually going to uh, the Bingham Cup. Yeah, and it's in Canada. Yep. So yep. They, they've got 20 players going over in August. Uh, so best of yeah. luck. Yeah. Can't wait to, to hear how you go. But yeah, congratulations. It was a really great event. Something else that um, caught my eye this week is the Big Rainbow Project. Um, don't know if people have heard about it or seen anything about it but if you head along to bigrainbowproject.com.au Broom is actually one of the top contenders Um, so this is a project being run by Tinder um, and they want to put a big massive rainbow landmark somewhere in Australia to really um, kind of promote regional Australia. So this is like the big pineapple, the big prawn... Yeah. Now the big rainbow. Now the big rainbow. Oh, I like it. So Broom WA represent. So head along and cast your vote and, you know, hopefully we'll all get to see a big rainbow get um, erected <laughs> in Broom. <laughs> um, and also on top of that, they're um, from what I've read, they're looking to donate $100,000 to various charity, regional charities to help kind of yeah grow that diversity in those areas. And lastly, um, something that I'm looking forward to uh, next week is the Queer and Accessible Disability Access and Inclusion um, kind of workshop, online workshop that's being run by Living Proud, all about that intersectionality because, you know, queer people can have can be people living with disabilities too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about a few things that I've watched this week. Um, so I, for some reason, Netflix is offering me all of these documentaries and I've been hooked and with, uh, pride month, um, there, there's been a couple of, uh, queer shows on one was, uh, standout, which is an LGBTQIA plus, um, comedy kind of standup, um, thing. And, oh my God, it's so good. It was just really nice to see, 
um, all, all sorts of different uh, comedians getting up on stage, uh, people like Lily Tomlin, but it was just such a beautiful, uh, diverse range of comedians just sharing the stage and celebrating um, queerness and comedy. And it was, it was just good comedy yeah, and it was just so it. fun to watch. On the flip side, I watched something called Pray Away, which is a sensitive topic. So um, anyone listening, um, please, I- I'm trying to tread carefully. So if you're uh, triggered by um, something like this, I would suggest not, not watching it. Um, but it's all about um, conversion therapy. Uh, and in particular, a company called Exodus, which was in the US, uh, who has closed its doors because the founders had realized the um, pain and damage that they were causing. Um, So it it was, in a way, it was painful to watch and really hard to watch. Mm. Um, But at the same time, the people that were being interviewed and spoke out were the people that were responsible and were owning up to it. And um, one comment, I have blood on my hands. Uh, and I think it was something around, oh, how, how do you live with blood on your hands? Mm. And she had said, well, right now, how I feel, I don't want to look at my hands. However, then there was one story about a man, sorry, a, a person who was born a man, transitioned, and then has, has gone backwards and now identifies as a man again. And that's their own journey. Um, but some of the footage, you could just see how much in pain they are. Mm. But they've created a freedom march where um, the freedom march is all about people who have previously identified as queer and have now... Like reversed it. Reversed. Yeah. Um, and in, in their terms, probably something like escaped it or mm. um, they're free from it now. Um, and that was painful to watch. Everyone has their own journey. Um, but yeah, some of that footage, I would, if you're easily triggered by that kind of thing, I would suggest not watching Pray Away. But uh, to me, um, yeah, sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just have to breathe because it was, it was hard to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you told me about both of those, uh, and I did try to watch Pray Away, and I just got angrier and angrier, and I had to turn it off. I just couldn't. I was like, I don't need this. I don't need to be putting these emotions into myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. But on a lighter note, go and watch Stand Out, because that oh, yeah. was fantastic. <laughs> That's such a good laugh. Clint, did you see that uh, Rebel posted on her Instagram recently with her beautiful girlfriend? Who? Rebel Wilson. Ah, who? As if you don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no, I thought that was beautiful. Yeah, it was a very cute... um, What was the tagline? Oh, here I was thinking that I'd... I've been looking for a Disney prince and I found a Disney princess. Instead, yeah. That's such a cute that little so cute. tagline. Yeah. Uh, and then it came out that that um, they had a story uh, prepared and they had been very, very reasonable 
in giving Rebel two days to provide a comment on her sex life before going with this story. Mm-hmm. Um, to which her response was, I'm going to come out myself. So, um, yeah, it, it seems like it's unfolded that Sydney Morning Herald had caught on to the fact that Rebel had a, a girlfriend and decided to run with this big story that they assumed would be a big story uh, and wanted to get comment from Rebel. And then they published afterwards that they regretted giving her an opportunity because then she went and I think the term was gazumped their story. Uh, And so instead she took her own narrative and brought it to the world in her own way, which I think is a very smart idea. Um, However, it was not on her own terms. Yeah, and that's I think that's the the crux of it is um, one should never feel like they're being cornered and forced to come out mm. um, when they're not ready to necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's been a few comments on it that why does she have to come out at all? Why does it have to be even a a thing anymore? Yeah, such a fascination. Yeah. Um, but I thought it would be a really good topic to talk about uh, a little bit about our coming out stories. Um, but if anyone wants to hear our full coming out stories, uh, they can go to the Queer Stories on the Swan, episode 10. We did our, our stories on there. Yeah. Um, but let's start there. So give us a little bit about your coming out story. Yeah. So I think, <clears throat> I think uh, the similarity I can draw perhaps is coming out at work Um I think my my very first career job, corporate job, um, way back when, um, didn't have kind of the the ingredients that I would have, um, I think would have made me feel safe to come out at work. You know, there wasn't a staff pride network. It wasn't really a thing that was being discussed. You know, this was before same-sex marriage and all these kind of things. Um, and I hadn't even come out to my own family back then. Um, and it wasn't till I suppose years later after I'd you know slowly come out to a few colleagues here and there that I felt safe enough to just be out and proud. Um, you know, fast forward a few years, moving to Perth, starting a new job in a large corporate there, they had a staff network. Um, so just you know that automatically set the tone like, oh, this is, this place is on board with, you know, me bringing my whole self to work. Um, and I just felt instantly, you know, I could just be out and proud and, and not make it a thing. It's just, you know, do I have a boyfriend or, you know, Oh, I like that guy. He looks, he looks hot, whatever. Um, and then, you know, I've since been working at another corporate and again, they've got pride network. Um, they've got lots of allies that are very open, you know, on their, uh, kind of email signatures or what have you, that they're LGBTQIA plus allies, you know, everyone's using their pronouns in their email signatures, just really feels um, like a welcoming environment. If you want to come out, that it's a safe space to do so. Mm. Um, And I just like to be my whole self and, um, you know, I like sharing my business with everybody. So, yeah. Um, But but it's not forced. So it's not like a tell us your sexuality as you come in the door. Yeah. It's if you feel comfortable to do so. But I think that's that's the thing that, that people take for granted. I was very fortunate that I, I had a pretty cruisy coming out 
even though it took me a little while to come to terms with it myself, coming to terms with his sexuality um, is hard. It's confusing. And especially when society has brought you up telling you it's a man and a woman. And if you, you fall in love, you fall in love with the opposite sex, um, you know, and, you know, again, binary, um, opposite sex, you get married, you have kids, that's your, your journey in life. Uh, and so going against that grain and growing up and, and being confused that you're not that societal norm um, is very confusing. So once you come to terms with it, that's not where it ends because I like anyone that has a, a sexuality or a gender orientation that's different to the norm or what society dictates as the norm, we're continually coming out. And mm. I think people take that for granted. Every new interaction you have, you either edit yourself or you have to determine whether you're going to come out in that conversation. And for me, it's easier and easier every time, but I still have to do it. Yeah. Um, overseas, like I went traveling a few years ago and every interaction, it's a different culture. It's a different way of doing things. So you're always having to go, is this the right time to do it? Or do I hide it? Or do I care? There's always that. And yeah, that, that level of safety. Yeah. And, and when people say, why is it even a thing anymore? Well, I think you're taking for granted the fact that it's hard, whether it's, it's easy or not for someone who's done it over and over, it's still that internal struggle. Yeah. So, um, yeah, going back to the rebel situation, it, it, I know that the Sydney Morning Herald has revoked that, um, opinion piece, uh, and apologized, but it's that sentiment of this is our story to tell. Well, it's not, it's not none of your business. Yeah. And especially like whether you're in Hollywood or a celebrity of any kind, or you're just someone down the road, um, it doesn't matter. But I think that someone like Rebel, who has identified as heterosexual in the past, um, is going to be under so much more scrutiny. And I think her and her girlfriend have been together for a while now, from what I understand. And, and she's just wanted to be comfortable in that and not be scrutinized for the fact, well, you were straight a little while ago. Why are you gay now? And like you were spreading how happy you were with this guy, but now you're with a girl, like, come on, make up your mind. Like that scrutiny, like when you're still figuring things out or it's new and you're happy and you finally figured out who you are, that's just not fair. Yeah. <clears throat> and the thing is like for a lot of people, your um, sexual attraction or your gender identity might change over time. Absolutely. So just because you now identify as such and are attracted to such doesn't mean that that's going to always be that way, but it might always be that way. You know, like it's just, it's fluid, it changes. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, hopefully, you know, Sydney, Sydney morning Herald and other news organizations take a good hard look at themselves and think about like, you know, should this kind of stuff actually be news anymore? Cause come on, let's, let's move on. Yeah. And while, while we're at it, um, need to do a big shout out to Graham and out in Perth because uh, Graham wrote a really, really good piece uh, to the Sydney Morning Herald telling them about dealing with this. And it was very, very well worded and congratulations to Graham for doing it. Oh, congrats. I'll have to have a read. 
Have you got these events marked down on your calendar? On Wednesday, 22nd of June, Queer and Accessible presents Disability Access and Inclusion. Head to Living Proud WA's Facebook for details. On Friday, 24th of June, Cherry Bomb presents Queer Prom at Lucy's Love Shack. On Saturday, 25th of June, Club Camp at Connections. Also on 25th of June, Dean Misdale presents Candlelight Cabaret at Camelot Arts in Mosman Park. On Sunday, 26th of June, Sungay Session at the Art Space Collective in Scarborough. Wednesday, the 6th of July is Omnisexual Awareness Day. Thursday, 7th of July, Perth Gay Social Club's private screening of Thor, Love and Thunder at Palace Cinemas in the City. And on Saturday, the 9th of July, Perth Gay Social Club presents Cupid's Arrows Stripper Night at Connections Nightclub. In this episode, we're joined by Adrian Tilby from Vic Park Pride and Grey. Hey, Adrian, how's it going? Good, thank you. How about you guys? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Doing all right. So, um, usually we start off with asking our interviewee uh, to introduce themselves, their name, pronouns, um, and tell them tell us a bit about themselves. Sure. Hi, um, I'm Adrian Tilby. He, him. Um, I'm from Vic Park Pride and Grey, which stands for GLBTI Rights and Aging, um, which is a not-for-profit organisation that supports um, LGBT and ageing, education, advocacy and social inclusion. Cool. So uh, Vic Park Pride, um, how long's that been around and what kind of events do they do? Okay, um, Vic Park Pride kind of came about in 2018. So there's a lot of um, LGBT that live in Vic Park um, and a huge number of us have actually got families. And during the the marriage plebiscite in 20, um, 2017, 2018, um, we were seeing quite a lot of hurtful um, things kind of come out. We had people kind of, you know, being really quite, quite mean and nasty when we had events that were trying to support the plebiscite. So we kind of set up as an informal group back then. And we've just kind of done a lot of kind of um, events that kind of, you know, bridge the LGBT and straight community and families and celebrate our diversity and, you know, kind of have fun, engaging, interesting events. And so one of those big events that that stands out for, for probably us is the barn dance. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, um, barn dance is something that we started back in 2019. It was something that I had in the pipeline for a very, very, very long time. I used to live over in Canberra, and Canberra's had a big LGBT uh, bush dance that's been running since the mid-80s. And I didn't know what to expect when I first went to the first bush dance, but we walked into this big old bullshit, and it was like walking onto this big gay Western musical set. It was really (laughs) surreal and unique, and everyone was happy and joyful and gay. and it was just really nice to be at an event that was so different and welcoming. You know, there's so many welcoming events, mm. but it was just a different level. Like, you know, usually you get a bit shy and you hide in the corner, but, you know, you had to do the Josie Joe. You had to grab their, their elbows and swing around. So it was so nice to kind of meet people. Um, and I was so inspired to try and bring that to Perth. And it was kind of on the back burner for a, a few years. And then um, kind of got it off in 2019 the very first one, um, and it just kind of went off with a bang. Everyone loved it, and we sold out and had 500 people that first year. Mm. 
And and so I've been every year, but how many people came last year? Um, last year we had just over 700 people. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so the first year, to be honest, like we kind of expected, okay, we might get 100 or 200 people. <laughs> What's a bound dance? People are like, you know, this is going to be too weird for Perth. And, you know, we sold out, you know, our capacity at the time. Um, we would have gone bigger in 2020 and 2021, but we all know COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had to do that delicate dance around, you know, COVID safety, um, you know, community responsibility. But we were able to keep the events kind of simmering and then go full throttle at the last moment. So in 2020, we ended up having about 550. Um, in 2021, we had just just around 700 people. Mm. And so that's that's coming up soon. I think you, by the time this airs, uh, tickets will be on sale. So early bird tickets should be on sale. But can you tell us a little bit more about when it is, yeah. where it is, how to get tickets? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So the um, tickets go on sale on the 20th of June, so pretty much two months before the event starts. The event is on the 20th of August down at Perth City Farm. Um, The event's a non-profit event. It's a community event. It isn't set up for fundraising or anything like that. And so we try and keep the ticket costs as low as possible. So early bird this year will be $20 and regular tickets will be $25. Um, if we do have any money left over, it goes back into the event for next year um, or we will donate it to some other smaller programs after the event. Yeah, fantastic. And um, I think that ticket price for what we get on the night is just absolutely reasonable. Um, is there or tell us a bit about what we can expect on the night and is it any different to past years or is it the same? Um, it will be fairly similar to, to past uh, past years. Um because, you know, we have a, a formula that works really well. People really love it. Um, we are actually going to be starting the event a bit earlier at 6.30 p.m. Um, we also have the cafe down at Perth City Farm that's going to be opened up on the night. So that's going to activate more areas and space around the venue. We also will have the Mucky Duck Bush Band back again. Um, we have out dance who are going to come and they're going to start doing some line dancing, line dancing lessons from 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Because, you know, we kind of find that people just want to keep dancing. They don't want to stop dancing. Mm. Um, so it's going to be a very, very long night of dancing, <laughs> as well as, you know, regular, lots of photo opportunities, lots of country western, camp culture. Um, we'll have our decked out portaloos again with all of our country themed. <laughs> um, yeah, so if people didn't see it last year, we kind of themed up uh, a major, you know, a, a few of the portaloos. So you'd walk in, there would be country music songs playing. It might be a Dolly Parton theme, a Shania Twain theme, etc. I missed um, those. So that was a, I did not see yeah, that. Last year, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, they didn't look great at the end of the night, but they were amazing, and you know, people did love them. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Um, there was a couple of things that I wanted to ask about it, but what I find is why I enjoy it so much is it's just so unique to anything else that we have in Perth. Um, and like you said, you were a bit worried about how it would be taken, but I think because it's so unique and it's so fun and that main barn dance or that main barn area where you've got the live band and we all learn different, I, I think it's line dancing, <laughs> whatever we learn yep. and we like run around in circles and like do a do-si-do type thing. Just all of that, just like 
everyone's in there and everyone's trying to like, and I think we had like three rings of people because everyone just wants to get involved and do it. And that's just a lot of fun. And, and I think that's why it's so special. Mm, no, it, it definitely is. And, you know, one of the things I absolutely love about it is we have, you know, all parts of our community that come along, you know, we've got all genders, identities, mm. um, and we've got a huge intergenerational element. So it's really, really kind of nice to see our LGBT elders coming out and about and, you know, catching up with friends they may have not seen in 10 or 20 years and just kind of, you know, mingling with youth and, you know, providing those opportunities in a place where, you know, people feel really quite safe to be themselves and mm -hmm. and that. So, you know, it just receives, you know, really positive feedback. And that's been, you know, really, you know, really wonderful to actually hear that and, you know, keep striving to keep that up. Yeah, absolutely. Now, last year you had um, stuff in the lead up to the barn dance. Um, do you have anything planned this year? Yes, we do. We do. We're still kind of working out the fine bits and pieces. But on the night before, um, we will be having a free event, which will be a bingo in the barn evening. Um, so that will just run for a couple of hours. It will be low key. key. We'll have um, Cougar Morrison hosting it. Um, we'll have a, a singer or two perform a song and, you know, people are welcome to kind of bring a plate. So basically we just want to have a community feel event where people can come along. It's free, catch up, socialize, and, you know, kind of that pre bush dance kind of launch, but not too much of a late night because we'll need our energy for Saturday. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, and I suppose this is all on Facebook. Where else can we find the information? Yep. So most of the, the information is on Facebook um, as well as Eventbrite. So if you type in Barn Dance Perth on Facebook, you'll find it there. The handle for Instagram is at Barn Dance Perth. Um, and so if you go there, that will also link you back to Eventbrite and to Facebook, etc. You can also go to the um, Gray website, which is um, G-R-A-I au, and you'll find information about the event there as well. Yeah, awesome. And we'll make sure we put that all in the show notes as well. So thank you for that. Great. Thank you. Now we ask every guest that we have on what uh, your favorite thing to do in Perth is or one of your favorite things to do. Um, now, as a dad, I'm sure that you are limited. <laughs> you sacrifice <laughs> your life um, to yeah. your children. Um, I believe that's what parents do these days. Um, but <laughs> do you have something that um, you could tell us that is one of your favourite things to do in Perth? I, you know, I forget what my favourite things to do because <laughs> I'm just always so busy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I live in Vic Park. I absolutely love the food on the strip and we're forever going down there eating food and trying different foods and, you know, occasionally eating something that's too spicy than <laughs> we should have actually eaten. Um, but yeah, you know, that, that's kind of our, our, our favorite things to do. Like, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, rainbow families and we've got quite a, a close connection with them. And so we'll kind of all go out for pizza and, and that. So that's one of the, the things that I enjoy the most. Cool. Well, uh, I think that's all we had to go through to get to know a little bit about you, but um, we've started involving our guests in our community questions. So every week, every episode, uh, we have a community question that we like to, to delve into. So if you're happy to stick around, we'd like to talk through this community sure. question with you. All right, cool. So uh, we actually received an email from um, 
a, a lady named Grace who has just graduated from high school. Uh, and um, she actually, it was really brave of her to, she, she identified that um, there was a, a lack of um, diversity or support for sexual diversity and gender diversity in her, in her Catholic school. Um, so she graduated last year. She sent an email to the principal uh, and she was overwhelmed that she got such a positive response from the principal uh, who has said, yep, absolutely agree. And thank you so much for uh, providing your feedback. We hope that everyone feels comfortable enough to do that. So um, the principal was asked to catch up for a coffee with Grace. Uh, and so Grace is asking for some advice on what kind of things that she could suggest uh, that the school could do in order to improve on their inclusion and diversity uh, in all aspects. Um, I have some thoughts, but Clint, Adrian, I'll, I'll let you answer first. Yeah, and you know, first of all, you know, I absolutely agree. It's wonderful that the principal hasn't responded negatively because mm. usually when these things happen, it's quite traumatic for us. And we kind of go back to kind of being in the closet, being ashamed and having all those things. So it's really, really wonderful. Especially from actually, a Catholic school. Yeah, especially from a Catholic. Like I myself went through a Catholic school and, you know, it clearly wasn't out back then. Mm. But, you know, I understand how difficult it is. And when they kind of say things about, you know, gays, which were not positive and really, really quite hurtful, you know, I absolutely understand that journey and, and that difficulty. Clint, what do you reckon? Yeah, um, so I did go to a Catholic school and an Anglican school. <laughs> I went to a few religious schools and that was a very much similar experience for myself. Um, I didn't have the courage that um, our community person has uh, exhibited um, to approach my principal and all that because I just felt very unsafe. Um, but there were people that uh, years after me that did have similar courage and they reached out to a charity at the time which I was on the board of at that time, um, which was Rainbow Youth, which is uh, in uh, Auckland, New Zealand. Um, and what we offered was um, diversity training um, as part of the kind of sexual health aspect of school, um, high school um, education. Um, so someone, yeah, from my former high school reached out to us and I was like, hell yes, it's about time. Mm. Um, Cause they'd had the support of the principal at the time to get that training in. So I would say, um, you know, look to the likes of uh, Trans Perth. I'm not sure who else, uh, sorry, Trans Perth. <laughs> Transfolk <laughs> WA um, to see if, uh, yeah, if there's that kind of LGBTQIA plus diversity training um, that can be offered to high school students to, um, and, you know, also staff, I suppose, um, to get, to create that safe space at the school. Mm. There's a, there's a couple of um, groups that I would suggest as well. Um, our peak body in WA is Pride WA. Um, so I would probably suggest reaching out to them if Grace wanted to have someone go along with her uh, to see the principal, maybe someone from Pride WA uh, would, would be able to go along with her um, just as that support if she needed it. Um, but otherwise they can probably suggest um, a few channels uh, that the school could uh, connect with 
uh, Youth Pride Network as well is one um, that I think probably would be a good good place to go because uh, they're all about um, working on improving the lives of uh, young LGBTQIA plus people. Um, but in terms of items or things that she could suggest in ways of improving um, that inclusion and diversity, I think uh, the language that teachers in particular use um, I, I don't know what language they use at the moment, but we've got to think of um, maybe um, understanding students' pronouns might be one way of, of doing it. So if it's a new school year, it's a new teacher, get the teacher to understand what people's pronouns are by starting off and saying my pronouns are, and then open that channel. Um, also get rid of ladies and gentlemen, and try a different way of being more inclusive because ladies and gentlemen is very binary. Um, yeah, more general, gender neutral terminology. Yep, yeah. yep. All of that language is really important. That's, that's where it starts is because if you change the language, that opens up that communication channel to unconsciously or consciously um, make it clear that there's more than just one or the other. Uh, I also think um, things like the book list, are there LGBTI, sorry, LGBTQIA plus um, literature? Off the top of my head, Heartstopper um, would probably be a really good piece because um, it's very applicable. Um, Invisible Boys by Holden Shepard, I know that that's on uh, school book lists now. So checking if those kinds of things, uh, and it doesn't have to be a complete like, clear out of everything in the past, but include little bits of literature to make it clear that it's more inclusive and diverse. Um, then maybe down the line, looking at the toilet situation and the change room situation and how is that inclusive um, to all genders and all sexualities? Um, what kind of sports are there and how is that inclusive of all genders? Um, yeah, so there, there are a few different suggestions, but there's so much that schools can be doing or should be doing um, that I think having that conversation with the principal to start with and just saying, these are a few things that we could do. However, it's an ongoing journey, so it's not gonna just change all at once. Let's step by step. And if Grace is willing to work with that principal and the principal's open to making change, then keep it going and maybe build a committee um, to to have it because not one person is going to have all the answers. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's really really great advice. So thank you for sharing. My pleasure. Ian's always full of great advice. I'm full of it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just full of it in general. Yeah. All right. Well, really want to thank you for your time, Adrian. Um, it's been a really good chat, and I can't wait to see you at the uh, barn dance. So good luck with no, sales. Definitely. Yep. Definitely looking forward to seeing you all down there again as well. Yep, in my in my cowboy boots and my hat. Yeehaw! <laughs>
I learned and I keep having to remind myself that Transperth is not the same as Transfolk WA or mm. <laughs> or that it's not a transgender related organization. Mm. Mm. Public transport. Mm. <laughs> Trans can mean other things. Yeah. Well, that's all we have for today. So let me thank our producer Scott. Uh, and also Scott Holmes' music for the tunes. We'd love your feedback. You can contact us by sliding into our DMs on Insta or Facebook at Queer Perth. You can also message us through our website, queerperth.com. And make sure you follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and share it with all of your friends. We're here for the community and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Bye. Alicia. So, no, that's a terrible way of doing it. <laughs> so, for our topic, um, so my gosh, or you could just say like, <laughs> did, what did you think of the rebel thing? Yeah. Oh my god, did you hear about rebel? Oh my, oh god, my gosh. Rebel.